Go with me please to John, Gospel account of John, the 15th chapter again. This uh, week we've been looking at what we're calling the fruitful branch. The fruitful branch. In John 15 and the first verse, hallelujah, we see Jesus teaching us about the vine and the branches using a natural example to reveal the mystery of himself and us, how things work. And I want to read this out of the, um, I guess it'd be the TEV, if y'all can find that, today's English version. And one reason I want to do that, uh, they'll have that on the screen for us. We'll start in verse 1. But because of how it and others do the same thing, translate the word that's translated abide here, it translates it consistently one word. Because the King James doesn't do that. And when you read it with consistency, you realize how much emphasis the Lord is placing on this word in the King James, abide. Abide, 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 abide. It's some dozen times in just a handful of verses in this chapter. It's one, same one chapter. So uh, the word abide, if you look it up, uh, it can be translated, it is translated, uh, remain, it's translated dwell, it's translated live, it's translated continue. And, and one of the words I like best is either to stay or, like we've already said, to remain. I think we'd say today, stay. Stay. And we need to ask ourselves, if you're born again and you are in Christ... Why would the Lord need to tell you to stay in me? And um, a lot of folks today have emphasized grace alone and God's part, not realizing that that doesn't do away with our part. And a lot of times folks hear the word works and immediately just decide that part of the Bible is not for me. But... uh, Have you noticed there's a lot in the New Testament about works? And one of the phrases is fruitful works. Well, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Fruitful works. And a distinguishing thing that a lot of folks have not made that emphasize grace is that we're not talking about working to be saved. This is not works for salvation. No, That's bought and paid for in Christ. We know that. But because we have been even taken out of a foreign branch and tree and grafted into the living, the vine of the living God, by no merit of our own, Jesus bought us. Jesus translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into this connection in the living vine having been now placed into the vine it's time for us to produce is that right 
And there are some godly works and some works of faith and some fruitful works not to be counted righteous, not to get God to like you. Come on, y'all with me? But just as partners with him in accomplishing his will in the earth as living branches connected to the living vine producing some good fruit. And that's where the works come involved. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Good. Well, then we're, we're making progress. We're doing good. Uh, we'll read this, like I said, from the, did we find the TEV? Yeah. He said, Jesus said, I am the real vine and my father is the gardener. Well, now, if he was the only vine, he wouldn't need to say real or true. So there are other things you can be joined to and connected to. This not the real thing. Now in this translation, they've consistently translated the word for abide as remain. Remain. And so every time you see it, I want you to call it out with me and see what kind of emphasis is here. Remain. When you see the word remain, say it out loud. Remain. We'll say it together. He said, I'm the real vine. My father's the gardener. Keep going. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And he prunes every branch that does bear fruit. So that it can be clean and bear more fruit. Keep going. You have been made clean already by the teaching I have given you. Now the washing of the water of the word does purge if you'll receive it. And does cleanse. Now that, that's not, you know, causing you to get saved and born again. That's already happened. But, you know, going through this dirty world, even though you're washed, you can get some muck on your feet. Just going through here. <laughs> and uh, you, I don't have to explain it too much, that if you hear and see junk, then it leaves a film on your mind. You need that washed off. You're not lost because you got some junk film on your mind. But you still need a rinse. A revelation rinse. <laughs> you still need a washing of the water of the word. The truth will make you free. But now again... That's leaving out some vital parts of that passage. Because the same idea is there in, in John 8, 31 and 32. He said, if you continue. That's the same idea. You could say, remain. If you stay in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It's not just about having heard one message 10 years ago. You need things watered. The seed needs to be watered. Our being needs to be washed. How many know you need some good anointed word flow yeah. on a regular basis? I need it. You need it. Everybody needs it. Man does not live and exist by natural food and bread alone, but by every word 
that comes out of the mouth of God. Do we need every word that's coming out of the mouth of God? And that's one of the reasons why he's given, of course, first of all, the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and guide, but then also these ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That's what they're, they're gifts for. They're anointed for this washing flow to come through. Those that are, that are really doing the job. So keep reading. He said. You've been made clean already. By the teaching I've given you. Verse 4. Remain. United to me. And I will. Remain. United to you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It can do so only if it. Remains. In the vine, in the same way you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now this is the same Greek words. Why I wanted to read it to you from another translation. Because the King James does different things with it. But Jesus, the Spirit of God through him, is using the same word over and over again. I mean, what's that, four times in one verse? Now keep going, verse 5. I'm the vine. You are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will bear much fruit. For you can do nothing without me. Is that a fact or is that a fact? But thank God you're not without him. Verse 6, those who do not remain in me are thrown out like a branch and dry up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire where they're burned. Keep going. If you remain remain in me and my words remain remain in you, uh, then you'll ask for anything you wish and you'll have it. It's not just a matter of asking for anything that crosses your mind. There's a prerequisite for getting these kind of results in prayer. Is that you what? Or we might say today, stay. You stay in him. So I said, well, I thought I am in him. Well, then what's he talking about? <laughs> what's he talking I mean, there's no reason to say all this remain, 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 remain. If you are completely in him and that's all there is to it. There must be something else going on here, right? Keep reading. Verse 8. My father's glory is shown by you bearing much fruit. And in this way, you become my disciples. Not just believers, but disciples. Disciples are students. uh, Christ trainees. And he said the servant's not above his master, but everyone that's perfected and fully developed will be as his master. Glory to God. You're in training. To function just like him. Thank you Lord. But in order to do that. You got to stay with him. Right. I mean in the natural. If you're going to learn. From a master anything. What do you got to do? You got to stay. Is that right? Stay with them. Depending on some things. Stay with them for years. Watch how they do this. Listen how they say that. Watch how they prepare that, right? Watch, watch, practice, listen. That's what's supposed to be going on with us and Jesus. Staying hooked with him. Keep reading. 
verse uh, 9, I love you just as my Father loves me. Then what? Remain. Remain in my love. Well, that means you don't have to stay in his love. Keep going. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. Now here we have a revelation. How do you remain? He keeps talking about remain, remain, remain. Stay, stay, stay. How do I do it? By obeying His commands. Now a lot of folks don't like that. Because it's just the word command in there. And they go, well, we, we're delivered from commandments. Are you now? <laughs> if Jesus is your Lord, that means you do what he says. Right? Now, now you notice he distinguished in just a previous verse. If you do this, he said, you're my disciples. Because those who've accepted him as Lord and believed on him to be saved, but they call him Lord, Lord, but they don't do what he says. They're not disciples. You can be a believer without being a disciple. But you won't grow. And you won't develop. And you won't bear much fruit. And you'll just kind of bide your time till your life is over. And you'll be saved. But not much fruit, if any, and so then not much reward. You're saved, but so is by fire, like we read earlier. <laughs> Am I talking about the Bible? or Okay. If you obey my commandments, you'll remain in my love. Well, God is love. If you're staying in his love, you're staying in him. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. You're not obeying Him, hoping that you'll be, you know, merit enough to be saved when you die. No, you're already saved. Name's already in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you want to bear some fruit before you get out of here. And the only way to do that is listen to Him. Right? In the morning, in the afternoon, when the sun goes down, what's He saying? What's the Lord saying to me by his spirit, through his word and by his spirit? What's he saying to me to do today? That's how you stay hooked in him. And that's how you're his disciple and develop. And that's how you bear much fruit and fruit that remains. Keep reading. He said, I've told you this so that you'd work hard, hard, hard and be tired all the time. <laughs> no. no this is the revelation yeah. no following him closely listening to him obeying him every day is not going to make you worn out and miserable Amen. it's going to fill you with joy that is your strength the thing that makes you miserable is being unproductive the thing that makes you unhappy is when you feel like you're doing nothing. I see heads nodding all over the place. You know it's true. The thing that really makes you unhappy 
is when you just feel like I'm wasting my time, I'm wasting my life. What am I doing? One of the worst things in the world that could happen to you is to just be left completely to yourself and do what you want to do all the time. That's like the worst thing that could happen to you. But if you submit to him and every morning when your eyes fly open say, Jesus, Master, Sir, yes, Sir, what can I do for you today? I am yours to command. What are we doing? What, what's on the, uh, the list today? What are we doing? And you're ready to obey him. Now, now go, go over to the 14th chapter. Just back up just a few verses. And you'll see there's revelation right here that had already occurred about this staying in him, remaining in him. John 14, 21 says the same thing. John 14, 21. He that has my commandments... And keeps them. He it is. That loves me. That's who loves him. And he that loves me. Shall be loved of my father. And I will love him. And will manifest. Myself to him. Manifest myself to him. Well. A manifestation of the life. Out of the vine. A manifestation of the life and love that produces fruit. Verse 22. Judah said. Not Iscariot. Different Judas. Lord how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us. Without manifesting yourself to the whole world. Jesus answered and said. If a man loves me. He just comes right back to what he already said. You know so many times the Lord has given us the answer. And we're still asking questions. (laughs) <laughs> and he says well like I said <laughs> if you love me <laughs> see he was focusing on the manifestation and what he should have been focusing on was him loving the Lord and obeying him <laughs> instead of focusing on the results we need to focus on what gets the results <laughs> He'll keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. This is that same concept. That's where we get the word abide from. He'll be living with us. This is in manifested presence, manifested fellowship. God is everywhere. But he's not manifested the same everywhere. There's some places you walk in and you sense his presence. Hallelujah. Ought to be that way in your house. There are other places you you can come into even a city or a place and it feels cold and dead, man. I mean, it's like, and people will say, man, this is a God forsaken place. No, he's there. He's just not in manifestation because not enough people around there love him. Are, are interested in doing what he says. Yes. Come on, can you see that? Amen. Because when you are, when you do love him, and that will be shown by you endeavoring to find out what he wants and doing what he says, as surely as you do that, he manifests. How many want to see some more manifestations? Well, we don't just need to beg him to manifest himself. He told us how to get it. 
What's that? Well, it requires something of us. We should seek him. What do, you, what do you want us to do? Now, he's already told us a bunch of things to do in the, in the book. We should do those. And if there's something else that he wants to tell us, he's put his spirit in us. He'll tell us that too, or, or any further details. Go back to John 15. Let's finish this. Anybody counting the remains? There's a bunch of them. Verse 10, if you obey my commands, you'll what? Remain in my love, just as I've obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. Now, he was anointed with the oil of joy above all his brethren and fellows. And that your joy may be complete. This is the only way you will truly be happy and glad in life. That's good. There is no other way. What were you talking about? Remember when Jesus was at the well there and the woman came and his disciples went to get food and they came back and he said, when they came back, he said, I got food to eat you don't know about. That's right. And they said, what? Well, we were going to get the food. Somebody fed. He said, no, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish the work. What's he saying? That satisfies me. Oh, come on, get like, like, like a full stomach. That satisfies me. And, and why? Because we didn't make ourselves. For his pleasure, we are created. We are not fulfilling our purpose. And whether we are, whether our head knows it or not, our heart knows it. If we don't believe in God, we don't love Him, we're not pursuing His plan for our life and to please Him, we will have a great big hole inside of us that no amount of money can fill, that no drugs, no high, no anything can begin to fill or satiate or satisfy. But you know what will satisfy you? Finding his will yes. and doing it. Yes, amen. Oh, hallelujah. 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 It's what you were born to do. Yes. It's what you were created to do. Yes, it's why you breathe. It's why you exist. That's when you do begin to get on track of his plan. Something jumps up inside you. You begin to get excited even before your head knows about it. And when you actually begin to accomplish some things that he wants you to do, oh, the joy. I said, oh, the joy. Your joy will be full and overflowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, It gets into joy unspeakable and full of glory. I know... uh, when would this have been? Back in 2001, before this church started, Phyllis and I had already been in the ministry for years. We were over in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, blessed, busy, enjoying, you know, God and life and ministry. And we kept something kept coming up to us about Branson. And we didn't know what it was. So we thought, well, let's go and just hang out a little bit. And see, we, we had never spent any time in Branson. Didn't know anything about Branson. Didn't know if we knew anybody in Branson. And, 
So we, we came over and we stayed in a little condo and we uh, drove around and looked and, and uh, prayed some. And, and so then we, uh, we, uh, we left, went back out on the road. And, and the whole time we're out on the road, kept thinking about Branson. <laughs> Branson. We thought, what's still old Branson? And, and uh, so over the course of the next few months, we uh, concluded, deduced, that we were supposed to have an office here or relocate here. So we are coming back to get more serious and to take some steps, not knowing why. And at this point, hadn't even thought about a church. <laughs> hadn't even thought about it at that point. And as we're driving up, I know you remember this. As we're driving over on the interstate from Tulsa to here, Phyllis begins to shout and get excited. And me too. And then we thought, what are we so excited about? <laughs> I mean, we're just driving over to Branson, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and, and the, the closer we got, the more stirred we were. And, and she and I both talked about it without, you know, why are we so excited? I don't know. I don't know. Your heart knows things your head doesn't know. And what we were touching on was something the Lord wanted us to do. Oh, come on, can you see that? What we were touching on was part of the plan of God that he planned for us before we were born. And we're just beginning to find out a step and some steps that would lead to other steps that would lead to other steps that would expand and enlarge and accomplish some will of God. Oh, hallelujah. And when you begin to accomplish some will of God for your life, it satisfies you. Jesus said, my food woo, is to do the will of him that sent me. That's that's what does it for me. I mean, no, Jesus knows. If he said, that's what does it for me, the disciples not above his master. That's what's going to do it for you. And so it is worth seeking, it's worth praying, it's worth fasting, come on are y'all with me, to find out where am I supposed to be, what am I supposed to be, not just where I want to go, what I want to do, no, what's the plan of God, where where am I supposed to be, what church am I supposed to be a part of, what ministry, ministries am I supposed to be helping, what am I supposed to be doing. People say, well, I'm not called to preach. Nobody said anything about preaching. Every child of God is a living branch on the vine, is a living member in the body of Christ. We got a place. We got a grace. We got a function. We've got an unction. Are y'all with me? We got things to do that produce fruit. And sadly, there are millions of believers. They're saved. If they died right now, they'd go to, to, to heaven. But they're miserable. You know, they're, they're not involved in any ministry or, or church work or any of those things. And they try to fill it with their hobbies, with their recreation, with their shopping, with their kids. It's taking all their time, and still when they lay down at night, they feel empty, and they feel like there's 
I've had people look at me and go, it just seems like there should be more. You know why it seems like that? Because there's more. There is more. (laughs) There's definitely more. The question is, are you willing to do it? Because many are not. Many are not. And so they'll remain dissatisfied. They'll remain discontent. But Jesus said, if, let's get back into this passage. If you'll obey me, if you'll listen to me and do what I say, your joy will be full. If you obey my commandments, you'll remain in my love. Now this is talking about manifested love. Manifested love. I remember some years ago, I had the, uh, the Lord dealt with us to be a part of a mission trip. And it was an interesting situation. We built a little wood frame church. We had evangelistic meetings. People got saved. There were good healing meetings. And also, during that same time, the country was in upheaval. There was a military coup that took place. And we couldn't get home initially. And uh, they were firing uh, machine guns down in the street from where we were staying, and um, it was a learning experience. (laughs) But the Lord really did some amazing things and even did some good things for the country while we were there. And on the way home, flying on the commercial airliner, I was tired and I was looking out the window and I was just saying, thank you, Lord, you know, for helping us. And he said, thank you for going. And when he said it, his love manifested in the chair with me. Whoo. When you, now you know he loves you. But uh, I mean you can know people love you. But then they can come hug you. Right? And that's a little different thing there too. And you know God loves you. But he can manifest his love to you. And when, when he's pleased with you. The grass is greener. The sky is bluer. I'm telling you, it seems like everything's right in the world. You know it's not, but if it's right between you and him, that's what counts. And if he's pleased with you, he lets you know it. Now, you're already accepted in Christ. I know it. You don't need to write me a letter. I know you're already accepted in Christ. And you're accepted in that sense But that doesn't mean that he has to be pleased with everything you do or don't do in this life. But when you do obey him, you're going to experience some of his goodness other people don't experience in this life. And that's just a fact. Keep reading. He said, verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I know I've said it and we're saying it again. What is the only way you can have full joy? There's only one way. There's not enough money to give it to you. There's not a big enough house. There's not a successful enough business. It's just not. You, you, You can imagine that when I get there I'll be so fulfilled and so elated. And when you get there you'll find out. Mm mm. Didn't do it. Why? Because it's natural. And you're a spirit being. And you're created for more. Oh, hallelujah. You're you're created for eternal things. 
you're capable of much more than you think. God's put spiritual graces in you. They, They may not have even been acknowledged or they may not have begun to be developed, but they're there. I said they're there and they're precious and they matter and they will enable you to be a functioning, contributing part. Hallelujah. Fruit bearing, producing part of the body of Christ. It doesn't take your name on something. You don't have to be in the lights or the platform for that to happen. But it can be something that really matters to God and people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you find that and do that, all the joy. Somebody say joy. Joy. All the joy that'll fill you and bless you. And and, and when that happens, you become an addict. (laughs) Because there ain't no high like the most high. You'll want some more. Now you, you may think I'm carrying on, but do you remember the scripture says that different individuals had addicted themselves yes. to the ministry of the saints? I'm yes. quoting scripture. Yes. Why? Because you get such a kick out of it. Yes. You get such a high. You get such a blessing when you're actually used of God. Yes. When you realize, I heard from God. I got it right this time. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, I was at the right place at the right time. I had the right thing. I did the right thing. And the will of God was accomplished. Yes, amen. Woo. Now you find out why you're breathing. You find out why you exist. And it, it satisfies you. Deep and complete. On the inside. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Keep reading. My commandment is this. Love one another as I have loved, as I love you. That's what all the works are about. Is loving people. And if you love people, you want to help them. So there are a myriad of ways to do this. Verse 13. The greatest love you can have for your friends is to give your life for them. Now, now you don't need to die for them. But that means your time and your resources, your life. 14, you're my friends if you do what I command you. Now, a lot of people don't like that. But Jesus said it anyway. And he's talking, doesn't mean he don't love you. But you can love people, but not enjoying hanging out with them. Because they're just annoying. And all they want to do is talk about their self. What they don't have. What they want. What they can't do. On and on and on. Well, you, you, maybe you love them, but it's just not much fun hanging out with them. <laughs> Verse 15. I don't call you servants any longer because servants don't know what their master's doing. Instead, I call you friends Because I told you everything I heard from my father. Can you see? He's describing a a personal working relationship. Not just a doctrinal position of what people call faith. But a living relationship and fellowship. A working 
working relationship. What are we doing this morning, Lord? We're building the church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it, will not prevail. What we're building? Who's building it? The Lord and us? The vine and the branches? The head and the body? Is that right? What we're building is forever a dwelling of the Most High. Something not, we're not laboring in vain. So then our days are not in vain. Keep reading. I call you friends. I've told you everything I heard from the Father. Verse 16. You did not choose me. My, my. <laughs> this, this is an amazing thing. It really is. Years ago when I first got into ministry, I was seeking the Lord extra about some things. And uh, he asked me some question that got me on the line of something. And I thought, well, I was thinking about what I did in response to him. And he asked me something. I said, well, I, I answered the call. He said, yeah. He said, uh, how long did I have to deal with you? <laughs> and how many different ways? And, how many different, and I began to see what he's talking about. He said, I chose you. I chose you. I, I picked you. Why? Because he knows the end from the beginning. And even though you've said and done a lot of goofy and wrong stuff, he knows your heart. He not only knows your heart now, he knows what your heart will be in 10,000 years. And seeing the end from now and from the beginning, he chose you. Hallelujah. Many are called, but few are chosen because relatively few will respond and will commit. We'll receive it. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for choosing me. Come on, keep reading on this. He said, uh, you didn't choose me. I chose you. For what? I appointed you to go. Not lay around and do nothing. Go. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Help them out. Say go. go. <laughs> get with it. Go. Get to it. Go and do what? Bear much fruit. And the kind of fruit that endures. Oh, hallelujah. And so that the Father will give you whatever you ask of him in my name. 17, this then is what I command you. He says it again for what, the third time or whatever? Love one another. So the fruit he's talking about is love fruit. Fruit that benefits people and helps people manifest the love of God to them. Thank you, Father. Go please to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Is this the teaching of Jesus? Is this the teaching of the Master? Yes, it is. Do we like it? Do we love it? Yes, hallelujah. Ephesians 2, well, let's start there, actually. Ephesians 2 and 20, and we'll work our way to the fourth chapter. We won't go through every verse, but. Ephesians 2, 20. You're built Upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together. Did you hear that phrase, fitly framed together? This is talking about 
precision fit. Not a clunky, trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Everybody said out loud, precision fit. You got to remember who we're talking about now. The God who created the worlds and synced their orbits. He is, you talk about a precision God. Uh, anybody familiar with GPS? GPS has changed all kind of things. And you know what GPS is? A clock. A very, very accurate timekeeping device. Very, very precise. And so a signal goes from your car or your phone or whatever it is to the satellite, comes back down at the speed of light, and measures with precision how long it took for that signal to get up and down and can calculate where you are with precision. Where did we learn that? Who created time? Who created gravity? Who created orbits? You talk about precise. Our God is precise. So do you think when he's creating parts of the body of Christ, he got sloppy? Huh? Now the devil will tell you he got sloppy with you. He'll tell you that you, you're a mistake. You ain't even supposed to be here. Because that's what mama told you. You was a surprise. Say it out loud. Not to God. Not to God. Not to God. He knew you before you were born. And when I say knew you, he currently tracks the numbers of hairs on your head. If he tracks things like that, what else is he keeping track of? Everything about you he knows. He knows what you're made for, what you're not made for. He knows where you fit, where you don't fit. And if we had any smarts at all, we would ask him where we fit. Come on, are y'all with me? And we would not consider anything else ever. Because anything else is going to be square peg in a round hole. You know, uh, parents, a lot of times, they mean well, but they tell their children, you know, honey, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're handsome, you're talented, you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do when you grow up. Not if you're a Christian. Now, you can. You sure can. And be miserable. But if you're a real believer, that's already decided for you. It's not for you to decide what you want to be, what you want to do. It's for you to seek and discover what he's already ordained. Come on, are you with me? Where for you to be, what for you to do? Because you are made in a very specific, precise way to fit in an exact place. Yes, amen. Just like the human body. Hallelujah. How many understand the parts of our body are not mix and match? 
You can't just take this and swap it over here. No problem. You know, one size fits all. We just, huh? no, 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 no. And in the body of Christ, you can't just go wherever you decide and do whatever strikes you. What has happened many times with serious Christians is that they do seek him. And I'm telling you, he knows how much of a baby you are when you start. He knows what you don't know. And if you just give him a little bit of opening in faith, he will open both doors and send 12 people to help you. You understand what I'm saying? He will cover you up with help. You're his baby. You're his child. He cares about you. And he will help you even through multiple blunders. To get you where you should be. He will. But how many know what the next big question is? Will you remain? Will you abide? Will you stay where he puts you and let him develop you in your place? The enemy knows how dangerous this is to him. And so he attacks everybody to try to get them offended, hurt, mad, bitter, whatever, to get them to leave their God-appointed place. Especially when they're ignorant and they haven't learned much and they don't know what's going on. It's easier to crush an acorn than it is an oak tree. And so he will push, he will prod He will tempt to get you to say, I don't have to take this. I can go anywhere I want. I don't have to go to that church. I don't have to work at that job. I don't have to stay married to that man. Well, you don't. You're right. You don't. But what will it cost you? Are there a lot of miserable people in the world? I'm talking about Christians. Are there a lot of miserable, depressed Christians? Why? And life seems to be just getting worse for them. Why? Well, the Bible said the path of the just is like the shining light. It gets brighter and brighter. So if it's getting darker and darker, guess what? You ain't on the path. You took, a, you took a wrong exit somewhere. <laughs> you got off the path. And it's getting darker and darker. Come on, can you see this? And if we were smart, we'd pull over to the side of the road and put it in park. And say, oh God, what did I do? Where did I get off? How did I get off on the wrong path here? I've been going through some things I shouldn't be going through. I've been going through some places I shouldn't be going through. Where did I get off? And if you're really serious with him and you'll humble your heart, he'll show you. And if you'll listen to him, a lot of times it'll mean repenting, going back if you can, and submitting. Now, these are words that are not popular. Repenting is a good thing. Submitting is a good thing. In it is protection and blessing, help. Listen to this phrase. The Lord gave it to me today. The blessing and favor of the Lord is place dependent. 
place dependent. I wouldn't just say something like that and leave you hanging. We're looking at scriptures. But do you understand the concept? Can you be blessed in any place the same? If the Lord told you a specific place to go and be. You have to obey him or else you're not in his perfect will. He still loves you. You're still saved. But how can he put his full approval on your disobedience? How can he enable and finance your rebellion? How can he do it? He loves you. But he, anybody remember the scripture that he does not change? He is the Lord. He changes not. You know, one of the reasons he changes not, he doesn't need to. Ever. Right? Because whatever he said was right the first time. And he's not going to conform to you on plan and will. Now, he's merciful. He's gracious. Don't misunderstand me. But he's not going to say, okay, okay, scrap my plan and we'll go with yours. And it'll be just as good. (laughs) No. No. You can do it, but you'll forfeit favor. You'll forfeit blessing and you'll forfeit provision. Yes. Do you remember that when Jesus had been raised from the dead and into the book of John. They saw him out there. He saw them fishing. And he comes on the shore and he says, uh, you have anything to eat? They said, no. He said, cast your net on the right side. Somebody say right side. Right side. On the right side. And he said, and you'll find something. <laughs> Boy, they did. I mean, it filled up their net, filled up their boat. Boom. But what if you threw your net on the left side? Just because you're hard-headed. You think, well, I, you know, I've been fishing for years. I, you know, this ain't my first rodeo. I think we ought to throw it to the left. Well, do without. We got to listen to him. How many know you got to listen to him? When the Lord supernaturally sustained Elijah, you remember he told him, go to a specific brook. I've commanded the ravens to feed you. And then after a while, he said, go to this specific town. I've commanded a widow there to sustain you. Well, how many understand? Don't go to any other town. Don't show up (laughs) at another town looking for God's provision when he told you right there. Right there. You know, even when Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And boy, he's, he's got a lot of questions. And the Lord told him, go into the city and it'll be told you there. God already had a plan. You know, he was waking up one of his disciples, Ananias, and telling him to go and, and all this. Well, if he sent Ananias to that city and Paul goes over here. And the problem is, human beings got a free will. You can do what you want. But his full favor and his full blessing and his full provision is place dependent. It's connected and dependent on you being in your place. 
your place. In Ephesians 4, go, go on to there, please. Ephesians 4:15. He said, "But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Did you hear the word increase? Increase. Well, this is the week of increase. (laughs) But did you notice what it's dependent on? Now, this is King James language. Let me read this to you from the uh, God's Word translation. It says, He makes the whole body fit together and unites it through the support of every joint. As each and every part does its job, He makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. These body parts are precision made and they fit an exact place. And you you know when you get in your place. You know it. It's joy. But watch out because the enemy will come immediately and try to get you out of your place. Pastors, have you ever heard this? Somebody comes and they say, I knew this was my church when I walked in the door. <laughs> you hear all these pastors, right? <laughs> what comes next? What comes next? <laughs> I, I just knew. And, 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 and they're not carrying on. You can see it in their face. You can hear it in the tone of their voice. Oh, I've, I've found my place. And then they think, you know, you're the best preacher that ever was. No, I'm just the one you're supposed to be hooked to. Come on, can you see that? No. That's why it seems that way to you. Because us body parts are supposed to be joined to each other in that part of the body. We're supposed to be the same cluster of branches on that part of the vine. That's why we got the witness when we get in those meetings and we get under that ministry and we get in that church and we go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and people sometimes come to their leaders and they go, oh man, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you 150%. I tell you, I'm with you. Anything you need. Yeah. What are y'all laughing about? <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> it can be as recently as three months. It can be as soon as six months or a year or two. And those same people that were so excited. All right, well, I just don't understand why they won't let me do this or why this or that. And I just, I just feel like they are not respecting my gift. And, and I just feel like, <laughs> I just feel like, <laughs> feel, feel, feel. And I just, I just feel so strongly. Feel. Are you, are you hearing something here? I feel 
I just feel. And, I, and I'm sorry, but if I feel like I feel, then that's how I feel. Come on now. I'm not going to make like I don't feel when I feel. And I love y'all, but I got to go. Because I just feel like I'm, I'm supposed to. No, no, no. It got hot in the kitchen. <laughs> and you getting out the kitchen. You, you leave it. It got uncomfortable and you gone. <laughs> now we're laughing. But it's a bad thing. Oh, it's a bad thing. Why? Because if the Lord puts you there. And he didn't direct you to do anything else. Now where are you? You're out of your place. And no matter where you go. And what you try to do. You just don't quite fit. And you can't find the operation of your graces. And we, we, they're all kind of Christians. They're saved people. But they're starting over from scratch every couple of years. Just starting over from scratch. You cannot prosper this way. When I say prosper, I'm not just talking about money. You can't because God's plan for prospering in him is accumulative. That you wax stronger. You wax greater. Wax is like what bees do. They they build it up. Layer by layer. Come on, can you see this? They they build it up. Layer by layer by layer. Because God's not just interested in you having a bunch of stuff. He's interested in you developing. Every way. Spirit, soul, mind, relationship, as well as resources. And if you just get a bunch of resources dumped on you and you don't know how to handle it, well, you'll just mess it up. So it's a complete development. And this development is not always comfortable. Oh, you, that that was weak, boy, that was weak there. (laughs) Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, 5th chapter. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. What's another way of saying that? Be on your guard, be on your watch. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he is stalking his prey in the bushes. He's, He's not obvious. He's stealthy. And he's seeking whom he may devour. Now the good news is he can't devour everybody. There's some he may devour and there's some he may not. Am I looking at some may nots? Well, that's a good thought, but it'll only be true if we, first of all, you got to be on your watch. Realize it's going on. Verse 9, whom resist steadfast. Now if it was always over in a few minutes, you wouldn't have to say resist steadfast. What does this let you know? It's going to come at you. A little later it's going to come at you again. Right? It's going to come at you again. 
Resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that you're not alone. The same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The devil will try to tell you nobody knows what you're going through. That's a great big lie. Verse 10, but the God of all grace, somebody say grace, Grace. and all all grace, who's called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, After you've suffered a while. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Make you perfect. Now that word perfect doesn't mean. He's not talking about flawless. He's talking about fully developed. How do you get fully developed? Are we still talking about being a branch on the vine? Does the branch need to develop from a twig to a loaded branch? How are you going to do it? After you've suffered a while. The Lord, oh man. <laughs> the Lord make you perfect, establish you, strengthen you, settle you. This sounds like a strong believer who's not moved by every wind of doctrine. Come on, can you see that? This sounds like a stable, strong, fruitful individual. Doesn't it? Brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin Sr. has got a book called Must Christians Suffer? (laughs) And he gets into this in that book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And he brings up an illustration that back when he pastored many decades ago, he said every church he pastored was a troubled church. Every one of them. He said, uh, one particular church he's pastoring at the time, he said the people had had so many fallings out and fights before he got there, half of them sat on one side, wouldn't sit on the other. The other sat on the opposite and just glared at each other. He said he'd prepare all day Saturday and Saturday night and pray and pray and read and study and be all ready to go. And he'd get up and get in the pulpit, preach his heart out. He said it felt like when he preached, it's like a big rubber ball that just go out, bounce off the back wall and slap him in the face. And he'd get through and they're all sitting there glaring at each other. He said it was tough. It was hard. And he said Sunday night after Sunday night, after the Sunday night service, he and Miss Aretha would go back home and as they're laying in the bed to go to sleep, he'd say, he'd tell her, he'd say, if I didn't know God told me to be here. I'd get up in the morning and go get a U-Haul truck and trailer. I'd back it up to the, to the house. I'd load our stuff, and we'd just go. We wouldn't tell anybody, and folks would come back, you know, in a day or two and go, where's Brother Hagin? Where? <laughs> he said, he said I, we, we'd do it. But they didn't. They stayed. That's what this is talking about. Must Christians suffer? Must they suffer being sick and diseased? No, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Must they suffer being broke and not having what they need? No, no. Must they suffer from mental anguish and torment? No, chastisement of our peace was upon him. Must they suffer being defeated all the time? No, no, no. But must they suffer? Yeah. What? Oh, one of the worst things in the whole world. Not getting your way. (laughs) 
Not getting to do what you want to do. It is suffering. I don't care who you are. Somebody says, oh, I, yeah, I don't have any trouble with submission. You don't know what it is. <laughs> There's nobody that submission is easy for. Nobody. It wasn't easy for the master, Jesus. No. See, people have misunderstood. They, they're calling agreement submission. Somebody wants you to do something. You want to do it. Yay, I submit. You didn't submit. Y'all are in agreement. You don't have an opportunity to submit until you don't want to do what you're being asked to do. It's the prayer Jesus prayed. Not my will, but your will be done. That's where the suffering comes in. And you cannot develop without sticking it out in the places where God puts you. In some of these uncomfortable situations, there's been times in Phyllis in my life, back over the past 40 years, there's been some situations and things I wouldn't, she wouldn't, we wouldn't go through again for large sums of money. We'd just say no. Nope, keep your money. No, thank you. <laughs> but things we learned. Hallelujah. Growth that developed. Learning how to put your flesh under. Crucify your flesh. Learning how to submit to God. Helps you to be stable and strong. And when you've been through a few situations of adversity, when these little things blow up, you go, that ain't no thing. That ain't no deal. There's been more than once. I, she, fell across the bed and, and, and put in to the Lord for a transfer. We requested a transfer. Let's, let's do something else. Let's do something else. And it came back. Denied. Now here's the thing. You don't have to obey his direction. You can go get the U-Haul and load it up anyway and just leave because you don't have to take that. And if they don't appreciate you, well, you're gone. But he didn't say they had to appreciate you as a prerequisite for you obeying him. Well, that went over big, didn't it? He said, whoo, that's... <laughs> Did everybody appreciate Jesus no. in his ministry? He, he came to his own and they did what? We don't want you. They rejected him. Did he still preach what the Father gave him? Did he still do all the way to the cross? Is that right? He's our example to follow. So what are we talking about? The place that he puts you in is a vital importance to so many things. And we've been in ministry long enough now and had wonderful people helping us. And we got people that have been with us for decades now. And we're so thankful for their faithfulness and their diligence. And there's been a few times that people were God's sins. And then they left. And the Lord didn't deal with them to leave. And they left a hole. And we, we, we had to to believe God 
and other people had to rally and do extra work, and we did, and we made it, but they didn't come out good either. You know, if they had gone on and done more for God, that's great. God bless you, go on, right? But if in three years you ain't even going to church, Oh you backslid, yeah. doing nothing for God, yeah. somebody missed it. Yeah. And as pastors, your heart just goes out. You, you care. And we're talking about increase, the increase of God and how it's cumulative. You cannot root your family up, pull them out of the place you're supposed to be, go start over, find out you don't like that, yeah. then go start over. Find out you don't like that. Go start over. Mess up your credit. Come on, are y'all listening? Get in the hole. When if you'd have stayed in the place, by now, you could have had a great house and had it paid for. Come on, can you see that? And that's the smaller of the blessings. That's the lesser of them. But it all works together. You can't just keep starting over, starting over, starting over, starting over. That means you're not staying in your place. Amen. Yeah, that's good. that's good. Is this okay, friends? Yes, sir. And this ain't about whether you like somebody, whether you don't like somebody or not. Uh, and I've already told you, the Bible told you, there will be some serious discomfort when you're right in the middle of the will of God. Yeah. Some people didn't like that. Jesus told his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. And they got in the worst storm they ever seen in their life. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. And you might have said, well, well, we missed God on this. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Adversity, discomfort does not prove it's not the will of God. We must not try to discern the will of God by external things. No. You discern that internally. That's why you need to pray and then pray some more and then pray some more and check and then make sure it is God and then do it so that no matter what comes shaking, you've already made up your mind. No, it's God. I got that settled right back there. So we're here unless and until we hear from headquarters, right? We're not bailing. We're not leaving just because it's uncomfortable. Not leaving just because somebody didn't treat us right. Read that verse again. What's going to happen? The God of all grace. Don't you like that? That lets you, that lets you know already you're going to make it. Is that right? Why? He's the God of all grace. All grace. Didn't Paul say his grace is sufficient? It's enough and it's more than enough. He's the God of all grace who's called us to his eternal glory. Now there are other scriptures that talk about our temporary sufferings and discomforts, they're not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. I assure you, past this life, we won't be talking about how hard obeying God was. We'll be looking back going, oh man, that was nothing to what we get to do now. That was, whew. man, I'm so glad we didn't miss God and bail. After that you've suffered a while, not from the curse of the law, but suffering, having to submit your will, having to do things that part of you doesn't want to do, having to stick it out, stay when you want to leave, 
Leave when you want to stay. <laughs> it's easy to say, oh, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want, oh, Lord, I'll do whatever you say, whatever you say. And he says, well, do this. You go, ooh. <laughs> you want me to do that? <laughs> uh, interesting thing happened a few years ago. Mike travels with me. He and I are going to a certain church and place to preach. And I told him on the way up, I said, I don't know why we're going here. Now that, he'd never heard me say that before. He said, you know, he just kind of looked at me funny. I thought, well, I, we don't know these people at all. Or anything, but then that's not enough not to go. But I just don't know why we're going. But I felt impressed to go. So we went, and it was great. Good meeting, good things. And after the service, the pastor came, and he said, uh, Brother Keith, uh, I think I ought to tell you something. I said, okay. He said, uh, myself and another pastor here in town kind of had a falling out. And he said, uh, we didn't talk to each other for years. And he said, I was in prayer one morning. The Lord said, I want you to contact him. And I want you to go to him and apologize. And do whatever you can to make this right. And he said, okay, Lord, if he'll take my call. So he called him, and the guy did take his call. He said, can I come see you? I'd like to see you. Can we talk? He said, yeah. So he went, and uh, they talked, and it got warmer and warmer in a good way, and, and, and they fixed everything, and they hugged each other, and they were so glad. It was a wonderful thing. All fixed. And uh, he's leaving and walking across the uh, parking lot. He said the Lord spoke to him and said, thank you for doing that. He said, you're welcome. Huh? He said, can I do something for you? He said, he stopped in the parking lot and said, yeah, I want Brother Keith to come to my church. <laughs> when he said it, I just laughed. I said, you went over my head. You went over my head. <laughs> oh, somebody say glory to God. What are we saying? There are things that are absolutely uncomfortable but it doesn't mean it's not something the Lord didn't tell you to do right there are things that are so tough on your pride but that's a good thing it needs to die how many know the Bible talks about crucifying the flesh that means nailing it there are things it just almost makes you choke to think about having to say it or do it, but you need to. You need to. I was in a meeting some years ago, Brother Hagin's meeting, and I got he called me up and I shared some things and did some things. He seemed happy and pleased with it. I talked to him the next day, but there were some other pastors there from another place, and it really offended them, made them mad, and uh, they let me know about it. <laughs> and I was young and I was but they let me know how dumb and young and inexperienced I was and, and how I didn't know what I was talking about and all that and my first response was hey it wasn't your meeting it's Brother Hagin's meeting if he's happy with it what's your problem like I said I was young <laughs> and so a few days went by and the Lord dealt with me he said uh, I want you, I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me, he said, I want you to write a letter to them, and I want you to apologize. When I heard that, I thought, huh? 
For what? Wouldn't I, did I do what you directed me to do? I thought I did what you directed me to do. Brother Hagin was, seemed to be happy with it. And, and he asked me this. He said, do you suppose you could have done it with any more love or grace or wisdom? And by the time he got through describing I thought, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm sure I, sure I could have been a bit smoother with it. I mean, sure, I should. He said, you can't find anything to apologize, but I said, yes, sir, yes, I can. And then he, then he said this, he said, would you do it for me? Mm. Oh, it's done. Mm. Even know what I'm talking about? Yeah. After everything he's done for us, would you do it for me? I said, yes, sir, yes, sir, be glad to. Help me, give me the words, I'll do it. I sat down prayerfully, framed it the best way I knew how, and praise God, it went over. They, they liked it, they were happy, Invited us to come have a meeting for him. Woo! Now isn't that better? And the Lord told me later, he said, if you hadn't done what I told you to do, the enemy was working on strife. He was going to deal with them to talk and people side with them. And he was going to deal with people to side with you. Come on, can you see this? And start a split. And this just stopped it in its tracks. Just stopped it right there. Never got started. No strife, just fellowship. Amen. When had a good meeting, people got saved, got healed. Now that's the way to go. Not all this other junk. But when I first heard it, it didn't strike me. I'm like, what? And that's just a small thing. But how many understand there are things all through our life that if we'll listen, it's uncomfortable, it's not fun. Not something you want to do. But what is Jesus? Did you hear his prayer? He's there in the garden. Sweating blood. What's he saying? Father all things are possible with you. You, you can fix this. You, you can do this a different way. If it's possible let this cup pass from me. Does he want to go through with this just personally? As his, no. No. Yet what does he come back to? Nevertheless. Not my will. But your will be done. I'll do what you say Father. And that's why we're saved. Oh, somebody say glory to God. And if he'd do that for us, can we endure some discomfort? Can we? And stay in our place? Humble ourselves? Submit? Apologize? Do what we need to do? Get in our place? Stay in our place. Hallelujah. Let God work in us, develop us. Amen. And then see what he has for us on the other side. Because when you're in your place, oh, the favor, oh, the blessing, oh, the increase. It's not just, you know, overnight, but you just start coming up and getting stronger and getting clearer and getting sharper and more resources. And year after year, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's how you see in the beginning days of the church, people that were waiting tables and delivering food in a short amount of time are preaching like a house of fire and people getting healed and delivered. What happened? They, they stayed in their place. They started where they were supposed to start and they just kept developing, 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 developing. Stand on your feet, please. Let me lead you in a prayer. Said out loud, Father God, thank you for what you've done for me. You literally went through death and hell for me. 
the Lord suffered for me. And Lord, I'm willing to endure hardship and discomfort as a good soldier. It's a small thing compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Reveal to me and confirm in me the God-ordained place, the God-joinings who you've joined me to and what you've joined me to. Help me to see it through your eyes and appreciate it for what it really is and not judge it or them after the flesh but to see the value of them as you do. Praise you Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.